Hello everyone and welcome to the 34th episode of Encrypted. Encrypted is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to guiding you through the blockchain and crypto universe. My name is Ahmed Al Balaghi and I'm at the Future Blockchain Summit. And this episode is an interview with Phil Chen, who's a decentralized chief officer at HTC. We really hope that you enjoy this episode. I know that I did very much. And please don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't. And if you really like the episode, please do make sure to rate and review. Those reviews help the show a lot. So enjoy. Hello everyone. Today I'm at the Future Blockchain Summit with a very special guest, Phil Chen from HTC. He's a decentralized chief officer at HTC. So say hello, Phil. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So is this your first time in Dubai or? No, I've been here maybe four or five times. I was here actually just last year for the F1. So tell us, why are you at the Future Blockchain Summit? You're the decentralized chief officer. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I gave the keynote this morning to His Highness. And decentralized chief officer means it is a kind of a weird title. It sounds grammatically awkward as well. But it's important that we, well, it was important for me for this title because I do believe in this this idea of a leaderless leader because I believe that if we're heading towards decentralized future, this idea of no one person as the leader, but several, many of the leaders, or basically every person needs to, to take responsibility and be a leader in themselves and sort of catch this decentralized wave as a group. And so that's, that's where the title comes from. It comes from this idea of leaderless leader and, and, the, and, and just this idea that I don't see myself as kind of like the captain of this boat, but more like a fellow surfer of this wave. And I'm catching this wave, but, you know, there's a much bigger wave in which we can catch together. All right, so this is something like a decentralized autonomous organization. Is that like something similar to that or? No, I would just say it's, it's a sort of an umbrella kind of concept. I wouldn't say specifically about, you know, DAOs or, you know, things of that nature. It doesn't speak anything about governance, really, but really just how every person themselves need to, needs to be a leader. And in our particular case with the Exodus, you know, you need to hold, take responsibility of owning your own private keys. Okay, that's really interesting. So before I sort of go on to ask about HTC and the rest, I just want to know a bit about your background, where you're from, where you got this accent from, and so how kind of did you, did you get to where you are today? Yeah, well, I was born and raised in Taiwan. I did my undergrad, graduate in California, and started my, you know, started, first, my first startup was 2005 in the Silicon Valley. It was an e-book company. That e-book company got sold to Barnes & Noble in 2007. And because we were one of the first, if not the first, to use this open source mobile operating system, and later it was known to be Android, I then joined HTC then, and well, we shipped the first Android phones. So HTC, I helped, I was a product manager then. Uh, we shipped the first Android phone in 2008. I was there until, uh, so 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, we went up, and then 12, 13, 14, we also came down. Uh, those are the difficult years of HTC. So I was both at HTC during the up and down. 
What, what do you mean by the up and down? You mean just in terms of sales, revenue, popularity? Yeah, in terms of sales, like 2008 to 12, we basically doubled our sales every year. When I was there, we sold a million and a half. Then the 3 million, 6 million, 12 million, 24 million. In 2012, I think we sold 50 million phones, you know. And then Apple and Samsung came in with, you know, a very, very different strategy from sales channels to marketing to, you know, in fact, uh, legal and even lobbying in Washington that really, that really hurt us those years. But then those were the years I, I went into corporate venture. I started investing in this space which led me to start the, the VR, uh, sort of look for the next product. And I stumbled upon VR, virtual reality, and became uh, the beginnings of the HTC Vive. But that time around, I left to start a fund. And then so 2014-15, I started investing. And then 2015, I joined. I had my own fund, but I also joined a much bigger fund called Horizons Ventures, which is Hong Kong-based. And then in those years, 2015 to 18, we invested why well, I invested in mostly the AI companies machine learning big data but horizons also had invested in the early blockchain companies like blockstream digital currency group backed so that's kind of how I got to learn about the blockchain crypto space okay great so that's that's really interesting I especially um I don't know much about the smartphone market, but it's interesting to see how, you know, the other, like everyone thinks about Nokia was disrupted, but no, no one really talks about HTC, but it looks like HTC have really floated or sort of stayed, still stayed relevant, right? Even though Apple and Samsung are still about. So you're the DCO of HTC. What are you doing for HTC in that regard? Yeah, so I run this project called The Exodus. The Exodus is a smartphone that empowers users to own their private keys. That's the foundation of, of, of the phone. We build, there's a secure element in the phone, which means there's a secure part of the hardware that's separate from the operating system that holds your private keys. And in the Bitcoin space, as Andreas would say, is like, if you own your private keys, then you own your Bitcoin, right? If you don't own your private keys, you don't own your Bitcoin. And most, I would say 90% of crypto holders today, they do not own their private keys, right? Their private keys are in some exchange, right? And so you don't own your private keys. Like we've built something within the hardware to empower you to own your private keys. We're taking that same sort of Bitcoin architecture to empower people to own their digital identities and in the future their, their, their personal data as well. And so that same architecture that empowers you to own your crypto assets, we're using for your identity and for your, your sensitive data. All right, there's, there's a lot to unpack here because you have the Exodus phone, and we've got this architecture which allows people to have and store their private keys. Could you, without talking too much technical, can you sort of explain that process and how you're going about achieving that? So is there like everyone has to have a 12-word monomic or are you guys sort of trying to solve this in a different way? No, it's just at the end of the day, it's just people have to own their private keys, right? And and we have a, you know, key management system. And of course, the subsequent question then becomes what happens when you lose your phone? We have a key recovery mechanism we call social key recovery. And so when you get the phone, when you set up your Zion wallet, 
when you opt in, we'll split your key into five parts. You share those five parts to close your close family and friends. All they have to do is download an app, and they keep the one in five. And so when you lose your phone, you can't call HTC, right? We don't have a copy of your keys, right? You have to call your five friends, and then you can recover your, your keys through three out of the five. All right, and so... I, we've, we've seen similar projects in this space. I've like Vault 12 as well is sort of one that screams out to me. How are you guys sort of differentiating yourselves from the competitors out there? And secondly, from what you just said, and this is kind of a complete uh, different question, but how do you know these people won't collude? Like, what is the criteria that you have for people to be able to recover their key? Yeah, I think so. I don't know the the Vault the, the company, but I could tell you like. Uh, from what I understand with Samsung, for example, they have a cryptocurrency wallet, but currently they only support Ethereum, right? They don't do, they do not ex- uh, support Bitcoin. And so, and then, and what, so why do you think that is? Why do you think they, they've only accepted Ethereum and not Bitcoin? And why do you guys, why do you guys go for Bitcoin? I don't know why they, they're doing it, but I, the other thing that's clear to me is they're actually not empowering people owning their private keys. I believe it sounds to me that they're using the phone uh, as a way to custody your keys, right? Because currently the best way to make money is right now in the big, in the blockchain space is the custody business, right? And I believe, and it seems to me that Samsung is going after the Coinbase business uh, or the custody business, right? Which makes sense, right? Uh, when you're a large company like that. And then of course the other well-known company is, you know, Siren Labs. They also have a blockchain. But to me, it's also not clear, like, are they building a blockchain phone that empowers your private keys or are they pushing their own token? I think there's some conflict of interest there. I think we're still the only one that is, we know our place in the ecosystem and we are empowering people to own their private keys. I think that's fundamentally different than what everybody else is doing. No, I, I definitely would um, agree with that sentiment as well. Private key like just the storage of private keys and I've had experience of sort of doing it in many different ways it's just super paramount so when it comes to actually educating people and making this such a simple process so like to be honest with you 99% of the world don't care or they don't know anything about crypto and they don't want to see all these different you know alphabets and numbers and the stringing right so how do you guys actually make it very simple and intuitive for the end user I mean, I think that's where HTC's experience becomes very valuable, right? I mean, it's been, you know, building smartphones and user experiences for, you know, a good part of the past 20 years. Yeah, and so it's a really a UI challenge for us to how to make it easy for people to use. Um, and so I encourage you guys uh, and all your listeners to go by the Exodus and try it, right? What we've done, like right now on the laptop, it's like you have a cold storage USB, you plug into a laptop, you open your browser, you open MetaMask, right? We sort of combined that all into one app, right? We combined that and made it seamless. You know, all you do is, you know, punch in your biometric keys, password, and then you can start transacting, right? And so, yeah, I think that's one thing that, that we've, we, we've sort of progressed uh, the industry on. And how many of the Exodus phones have you sold so far? Uh, we're not releasing those numbers. I think right now we're still focused on developer community. Maybe later, later this the, this year. When when you say developer community, why a developer community for for a smartphone? What does that mean? Well, especially the both the Bitcoin and Ethereum crowd, they're building applications on top of these blockchains, right? 
And so we're focused on that community and building useful applications or dApps, right? And I think we're, this space is still very early, and so we need to build more and more of these apps. And are you sort of empowering the existing app community that builds sort of apps for the HTC phone to sort of try and build apps on Ethereum and Bitcoin and these other networks? Yeah, I mean, we're reaching out to mostly the Bitcoin and Ethereum community uh, to build Layer 2 technologies, Lightning apps, you know, Ethereum apps. And so those, that's kind of what we are focused in the next six months. So then... Looking forward, where do you see HTC evolving? How do you see sort of in this leaderless leadership opportunity going forward, where do you see HTC positioning itself with, within the smartphone um, ecosystem when it's coexisting with Apple and, and the rest? Yeah. Well, we see us, ourselves as, as an important piece of the whole sort of decentralized ecosystem. And you could also argue that because we pushed this industry early that, you know, Samsung were forced to, 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 to build a cryptocurrency wallet too. And so there's a lot of advantage to shipping early and shipping, you know, uh, first, right? And in an ideal decentralized world, of course, see, HTC is interesting because it's not a giant company that survives on owning your data, but it's also not a tiny startup that won't be able to move this industry, right? We're kind of in between. And that's the reason why I came back to HTC to build this, because I did see HTC as one of those companies that's is not big enough to own your data, but it's, it, it, ha, it can build a tool set that empowers the user to own the data, right? But it also has enough credibility to start to ignite this ecosystem. And so that's how it fits into this kind of leaderless leader. We're one of the the igniters of this space, but we want to ignite other leaders to take this to the next level. And so, given that HTC is a Taiwanese company based in Asia, how has how have you guys sort of navigated re regulations when it comes to sort of building out Exodus and sort of tapping into the, the cryptocurrency space? We haven't come across regulations yet because we're building the tools. There's like the other exchanges are doing the KYC, the MIL, so we we don't touch that, right? We, we're building the tools that empower people to own their private keys. But with that said, HTC does have a global footprint. It has experience in dealing with carriers all over in 100 plus countries, right? And so at some point, we do need to work with these exchanges and work with local regulators on, you know, the fiat to crypto, crypto to fiat kind of exchange. But uh, at this point, it's early. Well, great stuff. Is there anything else that you'd like to add from your side? Uh, no, except, you know, would like your users to try the Exodus and get more developers on this. Maybe you could sponsor our podcast with one Exodus. We could give it to a lucky winner or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you guys can sponsor by buying even more. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem. And if anybody wanted to get into contact with you, know more about you, what's the best way they could reach out to you? Yeah, so I do have a vlog. I started a vlog on YouTube. I do have a Twitter account. Yeah, please watch those vlogs and you know, every every week we have, you know, I started some, con I have a conversation with Vitalik, I have a conversation with Christopher Allen, many of our of these guys are advisors. And yeah, this is an important topic. Um, what's the vlog called? The vlog is just Phil Chan Exodus. Yeah. Great stuff, well thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.